0: You're listening to the Inspire Excellence podcast, recorded at the BVA headquarters with your hosts, Troy McLean and Tommy Alquist. Each episode is focused on shedding new light on different perspectives to create dialogue that inspires excellence. Hey, everybody. It's Troy McLean and Tommy Alquist with another amazing episode on Inspire Excellence. And just for those that are listening and paying attention, on May 13th, we're going to have our very first Inspire Excellence event at the Downtown Jump Center. So be sure to register and check it out. If you want to be inspired, you want to be there on May 13th. Today, I have a great honor of introducing one of my closest friends, and my business partner, and truly the mentor that helped me get through and dress for success for The Apprentice, Mr. Scott Lamb. Hey, Troy. Tommy, how are you guys? We're doing fantastic. I'll, oh, dude. You, like, I'll give you the story. So I'll give you background, and then we're going to talk about what I told you not to talk about. So it's The Apprentice. Troy's on fire today, by the way. Oh, you killed me
1: with that. Troy, really? Troy, Troy's on fire today. So yeah, I'm expecting some really, really great things today. First of all, Tommy made me cry today on purpose. I, I did know not I did. make you cry. It was it was genuine, authentic, motivational laying I, it down today. It was awesome. So I appreciate it. Let's get back to what you're saying. Let's I trust to. for success. I will. But I do want to tell you guys this. So first and
0: foremost, when we talk about authenticity, when we talked about uh, delivering versus talking, it's, it's sincerely Tommy and, and the viewers out there listening and watching. It's it's Tommy. I, I got told I'm coming to a board meeting for the Inspire Excellence Nonprofit Board Meeting. Rez, just come to it. It's a little one. You walk into this board meeting and it's nothing but Top Gun, Top Gun, Top Gun, Top yeah. Gun. CEO, founder, CEO, founder, CEO, founder. I'm like, what, what is happening here? Tommy rolls with it and just delivers why this community needs to inspire uplift and serve others why we need to give back one we have the ability to do so and two we have the responsibility to do so so yeah. uh, this is the little board meeting that i walk into and then he's like on the spot he's like hey troy just tell us how you come up with this
1: well um, but let me back up i mean i think this idea started with okay we, we we do have great stories to tell we've got probably a ways to raise some money for a cause what do we do and then troy very authentically talks about inspire uplift and serve inspire uplift and serve and what it means to you and so anyway it was awesome today you, you mm-hmm. killed it with the way you inspired everyone everyone left that room ready to go make a difference and yeah and it's just a pleasure to be with isn't you. that anyway.
2: great he's the best at that too isn't he
1: yep we, so yeah. let's get on
0: with our guest here. let's get on with our guests so how did i come up with a lot of these things truly came from scott lamb scott lamb is a professional trainer in the areas of persuasive speaking he's traveled the world teaching ceos cfos and of course myself in the areas of persuasive and professional speaking i've talked to you told me about nlp neuro linguistic programming i got that from him Uh, i've talked to you about persuasive ways of selling i got that from him how i met scott is the finals of the 2004 apprentice it was the finale i didn't even own a suit so i went to to the nines and downtown like it's a custom suit shop oh
1: yeah like, i don't know what to do mick
0: hanks mick hanks yeah yeah, yeah. so mick's like come on in hook you up literally i don't even have the cash at the time so i have no i'm like i can't afford this mick says what are you doing for this community i got you covered hmm. donates two suits scott lambs walking out and he's got these alligator shoes and he's like hey i saw what you're doing for this community you know what Here's some
2: shoes. Yeah. They didn't fit me. I mean, it wasn't that big of a gift, but uh, yeah. So I thought, uh, I thought well, yeah, maybe they'll fit that guy. His, his feet look a little square, right? They were a little too big for me. They kind of hurt my feet, but, uh, I thought, yeah. So, so don't give me too much credit. I, I, I mean, try that. Right? <laughs> but, but, but it was, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's part of, and it's in your DNA too. It's part of being a connector, right? Yeah. It's part of, uh, scene and, uh, um and in, two, in, in two so, it, so this is it, the first time you ever met yeah First yeah, time. yeah, for he, first and time. And he
1: gives you a pair of value.
2: Yeah, issues. I was into the nines, telling <laughs> Mick Hanks, to, telling Mick, hey, do you know anybody who would want these or anybody? And and he was there getting fitted, and and I recognized that, and, 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 I, and I and I recognized 100%. him, That's right. and I just said, uh, hey, do you want these? And you sure you can have <laughs> them and wear them for the finals? And our our shoe, <laughs> our legacy of shoe giving, That's doesn't good. exactly end there because, like, uh, I don't know, maybe a couple years later, two and a half years yeah, later, we were in New York. At, my brother's place in union square and just kind of talking and and uh and uh catching up and brad gives troy a pair of cowboy
0: boots i tell him i'm a cowboy listen man although the shoes were cool and stuff and by the way we go to his brother's pad in downtown manhattan but i don't know Mm. where Are, are
1: the cowboy boots that are given to you in a pad in downtown manhattan the same cowboy boots that would be given to you in idaho uh they were no, fancy. They were fa- They, <laughs> they were fancy. I still have them to this
0: day. Yeah. <laughs> They're custom made cowboy boots that yeah. were silver toed tip. Wow. Uh, with suede leather yeah. all through, all custom handmade. Yeah. And so his brother to one up him goes, well, God, I got these cowboy boots that were my mm-hmm. friends, but you know, he's passed away and they were given to me and I just don't want to wear them. Do you want to wear them? Yeah. I took the I wore the soles out of the Yeah. Of they were sh- yeah. Marvin Marvin Schwabs. Marvin Cow, Schwabs. Right. Ca- uh,
2: cowboy boots. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah. He owned a yeah. company that did all of the Christmas decorations for every big uh uh uh, uh store yeah, in New right. York City like all uh, Christmas the Christmas Company is what it was called. And he just made, you know, gazillions of dollars just and he was a Jewish guy who didn't celebrate Christmas, right? Yeah, that's right. And he made gazillions of dollars uh, doing, <laughs> there, uh, selling Christmas decorations. Right yeah, <laughs> selling Christmas decorations to uh, all the Macy's and all those guys in, 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 right. in Manhattan. Yeah.
0: But from that, the and by the way, do you remember what Brad told him? Brad said, you wear these as if you honor Marv. Yeah. So you walk tall. Huh? And, and he yeah. told me the
1: story about Marvin.
0: Man, I, I did. He was I, a great
1: guy. I wore those huh? things. Out. Yeah.
0: I still have them. I just got to get them resold. Yeah. But
1: that, that's the. That huh. was, well, we got to get on. We got to hear some things about you. Yeah. There's going to be a lot okay. of large yeah, from listeners today. That's right. I'm
0: deep in stories. That's for sure. I love it. So let's set the stage. So first of all, as a professional trainer and speaker in persuasive selling and persuasive speaking, he has amassed not just a clientele base worldwide. He started to amass real estate. And so he, uh, at the time I met you, I think you had a hundred houses, a hundred
2: doors. Yeah. Yeah. Doors.
0: yeah. And so I'd ask wow. him, how do you, how do you speak? How do you like, how do you persuade? And I said, how, I think I said, how do I manipulate? And you're like, it's not manipulating. Yeah. It's Persuading. Ethical persuasion. So can yeah. talk about that just a little bit. That's how Tommy and I, by the way, met was through speaking yeah. and when he was running mm-hmm. for governor. So yeah. yeah, ethical persuasion, how does it work?
2: Well, it's, it's the idea behind obviously converting people's points of view, um, uh, NLP can be used for good or used for bad, right? And just like a lot of really great things, it can be go down the road of all the way to hypnosis mm-hmm. and you know, what I call unethical persuasion. Mm-hmm. Ethical persuasion is logically <clears throat> taking people down a logic path, opening loops and allowing them to close their own logical loops without them ever feeling like they're, they're being sold. So when I'm out lecturing or teaching at a three-day event, for, for example, where I literally speak all three days. And then at the end of three days, people come to me and want to buy additional education and programs and spend more money. The biggest compliment that I can get is when someone says, you know, you know why I'm spending this money? I just really appreciate the fact you weren't here trying to hustle me and sell me all weekend long. Right. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that. And so that that's that's done through uh, providing valuable content. Uh, creating challenges in people's minds and letting them connect the dots between the solutions that we provide and those challenges mm. and, the that, mm-hmm. that arise and let them close themselves instead of me having to sell. Right. Right. right? Yes. And so it's kind of that, it, that model, you know, and we, we, it's easy to use sales as kind of that, uh, kind of that picture of what we're doing, but ultimately, um, persuasion is sales, right? It's, yeah. it's, uh, uh, changing people's minds on any issue is a sale. It doesn't always have to be a transaction with money. Um, it could be a point of view. It could be a, um, a moral issue. It could be anything it's mm-hmm. persuasion. Right.
0: And mm-hmm. so it's, uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to me. So I have an old, old company where I had a, a, a group of salespeople that I was just tossing the leads over my shoulder, tossing the leads over my shoulder. And I, I started going, well, wait a second, I'm giving you all the leads and you guys are just kind of, you know, hugging on the, hugging on the breast milk there. Is there a way that I could have taught them and showed them like, here's how you can go out and do it? Cause they all say, I'm not going to, they live and die by the door. Uh, yeah. And you and I talked about this years ago. This is how I stopped living and dying by the door. Instead of waiting for the deal to come in, is to like, go make the deal happen. Right. Walk me through that a little bit. <clears throat> well,
2: yeah, I think it's, uh, first of all, you have to be a little bit unafraid, right? To yeah. to uh, my dad used to say to me when I was a kid, knock, knock on all the doors, but don't knock any down, right? You don't want to, you want to make sure all the doors open and you check it out, but you don't have to barge your way in like a bull in a china shop. Yeah. And when you get there, and when you get there, it's about... <laughs> um, uh, allowing people to understand the um, that they have to have a choice, right? And mm-hmm. that they're going to be making their own decision. Now your question, sorry, because I was in the middle of thinking of three different ways to answer the question. <laughs> and I actually forgot what the question was, Troy. So, <laughs> so, so, so why don't we back up if, for, for just a minute? And, and, cause I had a perfect, uh, I had, I had, a, I had yeah. it right here. And, but the question was if you're throwing leads to somebody and and uh, what am I going to say to them? Okay, so I I, I got it back.
0: Okay? You got it back. I yeah, if- I, I got it back. He does this to me often. By yeah. the way, he's, he's in up opinion me right now.
2: No, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, that is a technique actually where we bring ourselves down from the stage, from the platform, actually. You can be too, you, you can be too smooth.
0: Yeah.
2: Right? You can be too smooth. And if you're too smooth, you lose some credibility, yeah. right? A, a, as a person. There's something about being very human and making mistakes. This is
0: where I think Tommy instinctually does this mm-hmm. is, it, it, and DNA wise, and I, I don't know if you've ran into it or not. You are so articulate
1: mm-hmm. that,
0: you're, you're, that you come off authentic, but then people go, oh, he's smooth. It's because you're so articulate. Do you run into that where you get accused of that at all?
1: Uh, it's interesting. I think the, I'm thinking of the campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, good. That's a good point of reference. It's a good point of reference. And, and I think you almost had to guard against that because a lot of times yeah. you're, you're regurgitating the same stump speech you're doing. And yeah. so I think anytime you lose authenticity, people sense that. right? And so for whatever reason, whether it's repetition or whether you're just mm-hmm. not passionate or you're having to bad day or whatever, yeah. I, I just think that people see through. Uh, you know, they can see through things. And so I think, uh, you know, this get, I've got a question for you too, before, because I'm sitting here thinking a lot of, a lot of the um, people listening to this are business people. That's who I hear from a lot. And what I'm intrigued about getting into with you today is if you are a, a, an entrepreneur business person, wherever you are in your career, um, I think one of the things that people don't realize is just how much personal development can and should be made. Yeah. What are, what are you yes. reading? What are you doing to learn and develop yourself? How do you find your blind spots and your weaknesses? Yeah. I was just talking to, I had a meeting this morning with someone. I started my day and I said, you know, I have huge weaknesses, but I didn't know I had them 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Right. It's only ah. with age and timing. And it's mostly through failure that you go, oh, Wow. I really yeah. miss that. Yeah. What advice as someone that's your job and your passion has been to help train people in lots yeah. of different ways. What, are, what, are the, what, are, what would you do if you were 25 all over again and coming out and knowing that you wanted to be a successful business mm-hmm. person in sales mm-hmm. or in entrepreneur, in whatever way, starting your own business? What advice would you give a 25 year old?
2: Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I have three kids over the age of 25. Right. Okay. And so I, I started having kids pretty young and had grandkids pretty young. And it's the advice that I give my 15 year old granddaughter and my 31 year old son and my 32 year old daughter is is learn really early how to get ego out of the way. Right. Mm-hmm. And that what that means is uh, understanding what our weaknesses are. I, I remember and and seeking those out. You know, it's interesting um, when we think about risk and risk management right oftentimes most most entrepreneurs or people who want to be entrepreneurs but they can 't get over the fear of doing it they uh, when it comes down to it they aren 't willing to take the risk and mm-hmm. When I think about risk management it 's impossible to avoid so instead of trying to avoid it let 's let 's seek it out right so let 's seek it out, mm-hmm. find out what it is, and see oh, if, it's right? <clears> and <throat> if it 's manageable right and if it is, that. and if it is, then we can go down that road and so so many times though we use our ego as a as a um, Um, as a reason not to do something that we know we should do. And we create in our head, these false deadlines so that we don't have to feel guilty about not doing what Hmm. we should do. And, and and, right. And so, so, so what happens and we do it all the time, right? Like I have a, a I have a, let's say it's somebody else's daughter. Let's not say it's my daughter. Right. So, (laughs) so, so so, so let's imagine somebody has a daughter who's uh, dating a guy who, her father isn't that crazy about right and she and and the father are you describing my life right now (laughs) i haven't even talked about this and and the father (laughs) and and the father wants to be a mature guy the father you know wants her to make decisions about love and wants you know doesn't want to be the guy saying who you can love and who you can't love and but but her and her father have a good relationship so he's patient waits for the time for her to come to him and say dad what do you think about my relationship with this guy. And I say, well, um, are you asking my opinion of whether you should stay with him or not stay with him? And she says, yes. And I tell her, I said, man, I, I don't know. I I really believe that he should uh, treat you a little bit. I, I envision you with someone that treats you uh, like I would treat you or treat you like you are the most important person in the world. And so because of that, I think it's time to. I mean, if it was me, I'd cut the cord. I'd I'd cut him to the curb, yeah. right? I, I think it's time, and so <laughs> so she's like, yeah, I think I agree, right? Then she says, "This is the th- th- this is creating the false deadline right here. This is the false deadline, right? So we know what we right should do. Too. We know what we, they know. We All know right. what we should do, but." Our fear keeps us from doing it. So so psychologically, even subconsciously, we can create an excuse that delays what we should do right now so that we don't have to feel guilty about not doing what we should do, right? And so she says in the false deadline, she says... Well, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up, so I think I'll do it after Valentine's Day, right? And I used to do it with my health. It was yeah. like, I'm going to, you know, I really got to lose weight. I really got to lose 80 pounds. Really need to. I'm going to start eating good next week. Monday, I'm going to start yeah. eating good. So it's not just a daughter. It's it's anybody, right? We all have things that we're, we're afraid of or not putting to the front of the priority that we know we should do. So we create short-term false deadlines to put off what we know we should do. And what it does is it leads us down to the path of inactivity. And at the end of the day, we, then we feel shame, right. And, and guilt for Mm -hmm. not doing that. And Mm -hmm. it's just this, you know, it's just this weird cycle. Uh, I'm an amateur psychologist, right. But it's, it's crazy human behavior. I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, one of my favorite authors is sociologist, Dr. Malcolm Gladwell. Mm-hmm. He's a, Who we uh, met yeah. at the opening of Tootsie. Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> yes. You were there with me at Tootsie. He sat right in front of us. My Dude. brother-in-law produced uh, Tootsie on Broadway. Oh, wow. And uh, so we got to be there opening night. And uh, yeah, it was fun. And he sat right in front yeah. of his hair. As much as I love him, his hair was kind of in my way. Uh, you know, he was right in like one row in that's front of funny. me. Yeah, his that's hair was funny. Of, yeah. That's some funny
1: stuff
2: there. Yeah. <laughs> Great guy. Great books. Yeah. But
1: his hair. But his, hair. Yeah. Yeah. But,
2: but his book Blink, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Efficient decision-making yeah,
0: is, is very interesting yeah. to me. So you have kids, you run a business. I don't have kids, but I have a, a sister that's basically, you know, yeah. an adult child, yeah. as you know, uh, and I run a business. I'm always using persuasive speaking. I'm always using persuasive. And to our viewers that are young businessmen, young businesswomen or seasoned entrepreneurs, it's removing the false blockers. <clears throat> He he's taught me how to create loops to let them go through and, and and doors to close. And so in you do it instinctually as well. I watch you do it all the time. I don't know that, you know, you do it, but the two of you very similar in the way you guys use that kind of invited come into the arena and get rid of the false blockers. Speak to a little bit more on, on what you see, how we can improve on that. Yeah. Um,
2: Well, I think it boils down to, like I said, ego out of the way, Mm -hmm. um, being an authentic person, right. And also being in the moment and being empathetic enough with yourself to recognize Mm -hmm. an emotion in the moment. So like I bet, and I've never, I didn't even see you on the campaign trail other than voting for you in the, at the, at the ballot box, Mm -hmm. but on the campaign trail, while you guys were out there doing it, I, I know what successful people do in the world of communication is if we're in the middle of delivering our, our bullet points. Points and our talking points in a, in a, in a, uh, in a stump speech, <laughs> mm-hmm. for example, changing tonality, changing voice pattern. Can I share something with you right now? Mm. Right. And just going into that authentic voice at mm-hmm. that authentic moment where automatically people know subconsciously, oh, wait, this is coming from the heart. This is something that wasn't planned. Right. And it may have been planned right? But learning how to authentically be in that moment. And I remember one time I was speaking and selling on a, on a stage and I literally <laughs> was sick. I, I mean, I was up there and I was physically just not doing that great. And the audience was not engaged at all uh, with me. They just weren't really engaged. And I literally halfway through the morning, I said, hey, uh, c- can I take a time out here for, for just a minute? You guys, I, um, I'm not feeling that good. Kevin, can you uh, can you bring me some dry toast and some tea, please? Can I get that up here in the front of the room? And I said, is it all right with all of you? I just sit on a stool for a little bit here for a couple hours. Can I teach from the stool instead of walking around and throwing my hands in the air? Can I just sit here and talk with you? It's the power of vulnerability. And talk. I'm telling you, we, <laughs> yeah. we had the, the best. best everybody came together immediately, yes. right? If you give people an opportunity to like just connect you know, with and and it was authentic, right? And instead of trying to fight through it and be incongruent, and not you know admit that something was wrong, just kind of being there and in the moment is people are drawn to the to authenticity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doctor Brene Brown. Do you ever read or see any of her stuff? She's really good. She has some little, uh, I'll send you some little, uh, she has some good ones. She has really good little uh, bits on YouTube, little three minutes, three minute stuff, but she has one on empathy. That's really good.
1: Speak to this for me. So, Mm -hmm. so one of the, I think one of the challenges, if you're leading a company Mm -hmm. or you're leading a group or whatever you're required to, we talk a little bit about this, Troy, you and I Um, talk to me about the authenticity of sharing how you're feeling with the balance of being the guy that has to lift. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not uh, weak, but have the power of well, you
2: them. mean leader, op- authenticity, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, I mean, so, so, so a couple examples. Yeah, yeah, I, okay. mean, I just know when you got people just grinding, working for you, and you're yeah. going through some really hard times, that, that the most important thing I can do when I walk in is I'm the up guy. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah. hey, how we doing? We're gonna make it, we're great. There's the right. light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> Hey, this is going to be awesome. And I know that if I, I know that if I'm, and I'm authentically doing that, I want that. I want it. Right. Yeah. But there are those days when the last thing you want to do is walk in and do that. And so I know it's a mix sometimes, but any advice, because, because I, I will tell you in the greatest leaders I've surrounded myself with, and a lot of them work here now with me, um, that energy is so important. Yeah. It's a feel to moving the it, mission forward. It is. Yeah. And, and but yet sometimes you just don't feel like it. Mm. How have you handled that? Uh, mm. or how would you suggest? What would what tricks or or strategies would you suggest mm. to people? And before you answer that,
0: I'm gonna give you the one that you he gives me. He probably he's probably forgot more than I've ever learned. Oh, it's the sure. power of vulnerability instead of the weakness of vulnerability. It's like mm. Troy, what you just said, it, it, we went through this a couple of years ago. He goes, tell them. Tell them you scared. Listen, mm-hmm. I'm scared.
2: Lead with your weakness.
0: Lead with your weakness. Right. That's what you said. Yeah.
2: Lead with your weakness. And, and Ooh, so, I like that. Yeah, right. So, lead, so I'll, when you were saying this right now, it made me think of something that for me is very raw. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've ever said this to anybody except my brothers, my three brothers. So our dad was the most amazing guy, right? So he was a pastor, Quaker pastor, and he lived everything he taught on Sundays. Mm-hmm. I never saw him ever. I never saw him ever live his life in a way that wasn't totally congruent with everything that he talked about on Sundays. And so when he got to the end of his life, he and I were talking and he said to me one day, he said, um, uh, how could I have been a better dad? Right. Mm. How could I have been a better dad to you? And I'm going to look over here because if I look at you guys, it's going to be too hard for me. Mm. Uh, Okay. And so uh, I thought about it for a minute and I actually said to him, I said, I feel like growing up that you were always so perfect. I wish you could have shown me or shown us that you needed God more mm. wow that you that even you, as perfect as I thought you were, that even you had mm. some weakness, even you had to you know had to be humble enough to have a moment where you had to go and 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 seek uh, you know, guidance, uh, guidance or, or, uh, God or, or, or through prayer. I, I wish I could have seen a little more weakness. I wish I could have seen a little more mm-hmm. vulnerability. What did wish- you say to that? Yeah. And he apologized, <laughs> you know, in true <laughs> Don Lamb fashion, right? <laughs> yeah. He apologized. Man, I wish I would have done that. I wanted to be did, the strong dad. Did he dad. say, I
1: wanna... did he say I had my quiet weaknesses? Yeah, I, I know he my... did. Yeah.
2: I know he did. There was one time I remember is the only time I ever, heard or really saw my mom and dad get in an argument and yeah. my mom walked out of the house and went for a walk, <laughs> big argument. <laughs> right. And, uh, and, and I, I walked out. Yeah. 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 It's Quaker fighting. <laughs> Quaker fighting. <right>? And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, I went out and, and we were all in bed and they were, you know, uh, arguing a little bit. And I, I went out into the, uh, into the kitchen. My dad was looking out out the uh, kitchen window and he said to me, he said, uh, Scott, if you ever hear me, Talk to mom like that again. I want you to um, pull me aside and tell me that's not the way I should be talking to your mother. Right. Mm. And so that was kind of the only real weak, weak time I ever really saw with dad. But he uh, he was a he was a great guy. Yeah. Really was one of a kind. I I won the dad lottery. You yeah. did win the dad yeah. lottery. Yeah, that was awesome. I'm
0: going to transition off of that and share some of the things that it, it, and I had this. I would give credit to who it came from. I just yeah. cannot remember.
2: But there, Do I know?
0: I think you do. I just can't can't remember. If I
2: remember, I'll tell you.
0: Uh, They were talking about plates. And back in the days, you know, you got paper plates and that's just, hey, you you feed someone, you throw the plates away. And then you got your regular plates that, hey, that's what you have. And then you got your fine china and your fine china, you pull out for special occasions. Your family is your fine china. Your family is Mm -hmm. the one that you should always, because when you fell in love with your beautiful bride, she was your fine china. When you looked up to your dad when he was a kid. He was that fine China. Like he did, he did nothing wrong. Your mom, everything. Yet over time, because the frequency we're with him, we start treating them like paper plates. Mm. Mm. When really we always said they were our fine China. And we have to remind ourselves every day,
1: they're yeah. not the paper plates. So, so you carry uh, <clears throat> part of the problem that, that, that I just constantly face, you know, balance is a big deal. And I also tell you that you, you've only got so much energy and yeah. empathy and compassion in your daily bucket is what I call it. Yeah. I mean, you wake up, you say your prayers, you leave the house. Yeah. I leave motivated every morning. I can't wait to take on the day. And then some days, frankly, you, you, I've had a couple this last week where you just, are you kidding me? Another thing, yeah. another thing. And that's just what you do, right? Yeah. And you get through it. So sometimes when you get home back to your China and paper yeah. plate, you're going home to china but you're in a paper plate mood right exactly you're empty right. yeah. You're empty and you, you want nothing to give and i feel bad a lot of times because i'll walk in and and you know it's seven o'clock and i've just been burning it for already 13 hours and i'm tired and then all of a sudden the things that are most important at my home with people i love the most mm-hmm. come up and there's nothing left there I, i'm just yeah. I'm, I'm empty when i should be at my best yeah. Any advice? Any advice for that? Well, for that I mean, that's stuff. kind of the that's
2: kind of the same question, right? So, how do I come to work and yeah. lead when I don't feel? How do I get home and lead when I'm not <laughs> feeling it? Right? It's yeah. kind of that. It's kind of all coming into that same uh, into that same area. But so, I think
1: your answer to me, me, me. what I've learned, is lead with yeah. weakness. Yeah. Hey, so inst- instead of instead of I mean, I'm learning from you. Today. Yeah. This is good. good. You probably go home and say, listen, I've I've had it, you guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I love you guys more than anything, yeah. but I'm I'm like drained. Let's get yeah. through this together. Yeah. Versus sometimes what I do, which is I lead with strength. Right. And then probably a little shortness yeah. and a little bit of of less patience yeah. that I should have instead of just being. Yeah. I need you guys lost.
2: to lift me up tonight. Yeah. yeah, I need you guys to man. Can I just can you guys love on me tonight? I had art now, now, Tommy. If you do that 15 days in a row, that's that's, that's uh, I'm trying uh, that. let's try I'm that to, tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah. Yeah. Let me say, I got some yeah. therapy today, yeah. and let's see how it works. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Let's try to you know, exactly. have some. I'm going to shift gears again because yeah. there's a commonality that we all have, yeah. So, and it's facing our mortality, yeah. And so Every one of you guys, both you guys definitely mentor, sincerely. Uh, And all of us are community leaders. All of us inspire, uplift, and serve. Uh But each one of us have faced literally the mortalities of heart. You had the widow makers.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Drove yourself to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. And said, should I call my wife or not? (laughs) Oh, that's a funny story, actually. You share that story. A week later, you had yours. Yeah. A week later. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Later. Yeah. It was uh was later, yeah. yeah. I uh I was uh at home just watching uh basketball game and I felt a bunch of tightness in my chest. And I thought maybe I'd kinked my cartilage in my chest or something, and I stood up and wow, that's kind of weird. And and I said to my wife, because my wife is is like the most non, should I tell this? <laughs> yeah, my yeah. my wife is the most non alarmist woman in the world, right? Like a lot of wives would be, we better get you to the hospital right away. She's like the dad on my big fat Greek wedding who who, who says, let's spray the Windex on everything. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. So, so I said, uh, Man, I don't know. I got some, this is weird. This feels weird. She said, uh, drink some water. Right. So I, okay. I've been married 35 years. Right. So I said, okay, good idea, honey. Yeah. Thanks. Right. So I go get the water and, and I move over to another chair and I stand up and I said, I think I'm in some distress. I think something's wrong here. I mean and and I've been married 35 years. I have never used the word distress ever, right? She looks at me and says, Go for a walk. Go for a walk around the block. Right. She sends me out to go walk around the block, right? Yeah. So I felt I felt in that moment a little bit you know, like I wasn't being listened to, Maybe. right? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. So I, uh, yeah. I just left. She thought I went on a walk. I went out to my car and we lived downtown <laughs> close to the hospital. Right. And so I uh, drove myself a few blocks down to St. Luke's and, uh, went into the emergency room and I, the and girl She doesn't know you went in. No, she has no idea. I've gone. <laughs> right. Go yeah. Yeah. She told me to go for a walk. So, so I go to the emergency room and I go into the gals there and I lean up and I park my car and walk to where it says the little red thing that says, you know, heart attack center, whatever it says. And I walk through the door and there's these two gals sitting at the reception and I walk up and I hand them my insurance card and I said, Hey, I'm in a little distress And they said, and they said to me, just go walk around the hospital. No, they didn't. They They said to me, you know, oh crap, let's get the wheelchair in here and let's get in this back room. And, you know, 40 minutes later, they come in and say, well, it's really good you came in, Scott, because you're, you're having a big old heart attack and we've called in the cardiologist and you're going to have to have some stents put in and, you know, fill out these forms and sign. Is there anybody you want us to call? And I said, well, maybe you should call my wife. She thinks I'm on a walk, <laughs> right? So then Rochelle came down and, oh, she was so mad. And and I said, well, you know, she said, why didn't you? Die? I said, well, I kind of felt like I did tell
0: you. So anyway, we had a talk, right? <laughs> he <is> and, I <laughs> used the <laughs> distress yeah. word. Yeah. He's a yeah. professional communicator, can train yeah. everyone around yeah. the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I promise you, all of us have the same, same, we have the same disease with our wives. It, Tommy is literally, and BVA is literally the fastest growing commercial developer in the state of Idaho, yeah. if not in the Pacific yeah. Northwest, if yeah. not bigger. But I promise you, if he gave his wife advice on how to build a commercial building, she's like, honey, you just don't know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're a communicator. Better yet, if I give her any ma- So my kids have been sick lately and I'll get the question of, hey, what should we do? Do you think it's strep? Do you think it's mono? So I'll. I, what I want to say is. I'm going to tell you the opposite, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: because oh. whatever I tell you, <laughs> yeah. you do this thing you're, like Yeah, so. you're going to you're going to fifth
0: level. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, so I'm just always cautious. Yeah. Gotta be careful. Oh, We're all in trouble good. for this talk, just so you know. <laughs> yeah. My bride, I, forget that I own a technology company. Forget that I own an oh. online educational platform. If it comes to anything, technology it's like, but honey, you oh, know, yeah. you know, why I don't know. Here's, here's her answer for me this morning. Yeah. Troy, you wear a plaid shirt and a belt buckle. How do you know technology? Oh my God. What are you,
2: what are you talking about? I know technology. I've learned. I've learned. Like she thinks you're just BSing the world. Yes. That you've tricked everybody. Yes. Into somehow you know how to talk so well. Yes. That. Everyone just believes you can actually have technology. Yes. So, so yeah. how
1: are you doing? You got your yeah. stents?
2: Yeah, I got the stents. I uh, had to lose some weight. Um, I was two seventy eight, right, the yeah, night of my heart attack, and so I'm two o nine this this week. I um I want to get to one ninety. It's been mm-hmm. slow and steady, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I hired a coach, and she is amazing. And, uh, yeah, I, I send her my food every day. I'm accountable to her and she checks in on me and, you know, we talk once or twice a week and that's kind kind of of what I do. What kind of diet are you doing? So it's not a specific diet. She kind of took me and, and well, I mean, I eat, um, just, uh, lean proteins and lots of greens and lots of veggies and and on a lot of vitamins and supplements. And how do you feel? Yeah, I feel really, really good. You know, I, uh, I have a weigh in every, every Monday morning now because I was, I was struggling. I would go like 270 down to 240 and then back to 250. Mm-hmm. And then kind of, and I was kind of struggling, just staying, you know, uh, on track. And so we finally, I finally came up with a negative incentive program. <laughs> did, did, it, <laughs> should I share that? Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a good one, right? And so. So what I did was I thought, because every, right, rewards and, before, and before consequences. You, let me just interject. Yeah. So you need to this know. is a lot more fun than I thought it would this be, you guys. A, you yeah. need to know that Scott
0: yeah. is motivated by anything that has a, a positive or a negative response. Because he's, he's driven, like you and I. So also in business, we're all driven. So we might be communicators, we might be business leaders. Yeah. But you put a carrot or, or a whip. And yeah, like man, I'm gonna do it. So he sets his own carrot yeah. whip. Yeah, okay.
2: so I set the whip on this one. So, um, so what I did was okay. So I have to every Monday morning I have to weigh in. Right, and I have to take a picture of it and send it to my coach. And if I did not lose weight that week, I have to send her. Is this to,
1: just a picture of the scale, or is this this a picture of, the scale. No, it picture of the, the scale? No, picture of the
2: scale, right? It's not it's an just Wiener a Wiener th- yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, it was, yeah, it's a, yeah, exactly. Oh, Troy, yeah, don't get me down that road. Yeah, okay. So, uh, so I send her the I send her a picture yeah. of just the scale and all that is. Yeah, we people never can know. See. There's before
1: and yeah. afters. No, I
2: did those. Uh, I did yeah. some befores. <laughs> I, I did some befores. Right. But, uh, I, uh, I, I sent her the, and and if I haven't lost weight from the week before, I have to Venmo her $500. Whoa. Right. Yeah. I have to Venmo her 500 bucks Even and, more. and I get one week to earn it back. Right. And if I don't earn it back, so, so then I have to, that, in that next Living week, I have to be below where I was the week prior. Right. Yeah. So if I was to 10.1, and then I come in at 210.4, I got a week to get back below 10.1. That's right. two ten one. And so if I fail in the second week, the 500 is lost forever and gets donated to a cause I despise. Right? Which is? Well, uh, <laughs> it happens to be uh, the political campaign of AOC, right? So it is, I, bec- I then become a donor to, to AOC.
0: That is the funniest yeah. thing the greatest <laughs> ever.
2: The greatest. Yeah. So, the greatest, that is the greatest so, yeah. story <laughs>
1: I've ever heard.
2: Yeah. So that's it. There are right? no more plateaus for you. <laughs> it's, it's only it's weight loss. Only weight yeah. loss. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I, Uh, Yeah,
1: at this rate, I mean. So, can uh, you imagine? uh, Yeah. I may or may not have given a donation to AJ Belukov Okay. Came out in the campaign. (laughs) I may or may not have given a donation to the mayor beater that came out in the campaign. campaign. Can you imagine if you had (laughs) like a series of $500 donations (laughs) to AOC? Well,
2: okay, let me explain.
1: I was working with a health coach. (laughs) I was working with a health coach. Yeah. Right. And uh, (laughs) I'm sure he'll understand.
2: Yeah. My son wanted me to run for uh, office uh, yeah. a few years ago because my son works in the p- political world. and first time uh, in the White he, House. Yeah. With your son. Yeah. And so he wanted he And uh, and so I bought all these lamb for whatever. Right. right? And uh, but they're for him. Yeah. Right. Not for me in case he ever wants to come That's back to White Idaho. House.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to go off of a I want to switch gears again and go back to, <clears throat> first of all, communication. So those that are listening, you can hear that we all instinctually We're, we're driven through solutions, not problems. We're driven through finding the solutions. And it's not, when you look at a Rubik's cube, a Rubik's cube is solvable. Most people see a Rubik's cube as a block and they just go, it's just a block. There's nothing you can do with it. You turn the block and Mm -hmm. you find the solution. You through communication, through persuasive selling, through persuasive speaking, open the doors and close the loops. And these are technologies and tips and tricks. But in, but what we all do is look for the solution to the problem before we identify the problem. Then I'm going to kind of wrap up this next segment with the, what we're driven off of is the cause that's bigger than ourselves. Mm -hmm. This morning we had a cause that's bigger than ourselves. So when people say, why do you do it? Why do you do it? You got a hundred doors plus you got, how many millions of square foot, you know, we we got a successful career. Why do we do it? It's the cause that's bigger than ourselves. When I started talking to both of you guys, and this is a, the segue. So we're always throwing ideas out. Him and I, you and I are always throwing ideas out. I talk about the, Hey, I got my kid, sis. I'm doing this. We were talking about this morning. He's the one that also went, Oh my gosh, right here it is. So why do you get involved in those causes and what triggers, like what cause do you, And why? Like, what's what's the motivation? Uh,
2: As far as the cause side, as far as the um, community service and the uh, nonprofits, yeah. Why do you
0: get that kind of stuff? Because you can keep doing what you're doing, but why do the cause?
2: Well, look, I think it's, uh, I think it's the, I think it's the best part of money, Mm. right? Whoa. And uh, <clears throat> if you don't do that, you're missing out, right, on the yeah. best part of money. The best part of money isn't stuff. The best part of money is taking that money and converting it to change, right? So being willing to not just tell somebody, never heard right, of is, is to tell somebody. Yeah, it is the best part of money. So, so like in my talks, I talk about, um, you know, everyone comes when I speak, they, they come and they want to learn how to make money. Right. Right. But I say, okay, if you you make money, we have to have a plan on what we're going to do with that money. Right. So what is the, what is the capital distribution plan of money that we make? Right. And so I lay out this 10, 10, 10, 70 deal that, um, a mentor taught me 35 years ago. And, you know, the first 10% is you in this after tax first 10% you give away. And I said, if you're a person of faith, you recognize this as a, as a tithing concept, right? Mm -hmm. If you're an, if you're an atheist, uh, you don't call it tithing, you call it philanthropy. Okay. I don't care what you call it. Okay. I'm not preaching to anybody. I'm saying uh, you don't have to be a religious person to be a generous person. I know people who had absolutely, I played, you know, every day I played gin rummy with Jack Simplot for eight years, probably played 7,000 hours of gin rummy with that guy. He thought all religion was hocus pocus and it was for weak people. But he gave away a lot of money mm-hmm. right he he took money, and you know he gave a lot of it away and to our community and yeah. and the causes that he cared about and so, I don't think you have to be a religious person to be a generous person, so the first ten percent I said, so find something you care about right find find something you're passionate about, find something so because what you're doing if you don't do that is you're missing out That's the best what I said. Part of money. the best part of money mm-hmm. right The best part of money is is give is finding out where you can place it in a way that Empowers, uplifts. Yeah. Inspires us. In inspires, essence, yeah, yeah, and so you know, so to me, um, you know, I I focus on things. You know, I'm I'm on the board of a nonprofit here in Boise that uh, a young kid I know founded about seven years ago, eight years ago, and and um, you know, it helps people who uh, were traumatized as children as mm-hmm. uh, uh, in sexual abuse, mm-hmm. and helps, and they've never gotten any help for it, and it helps that give them uh, free and low cost counseling mm-hmm. as adults to deal with the trauma that they've never dealt with, so they can launch. Into healthy lives, yeah. right? And so I care about that. So I, I that's where I serve I and give.
0: That's why you, yeah. Have, I, I never ever heard that. Literally, I never heard the best part of money. I see you light up. Mm. I see you light up when you can say, uh, even the other day. If I can share, uh, hey, hey Troy, I've got a, I've got a way to help you with this. And the way I'm going to help you with this is, don't donate uh, this product. Donate this service. But I see you light up when you're able to do that. And you're able to do that. No, but you guys, if you think money. about it, what else, what else <clears throat> is
1: there? Really? I mean, uh-huh. What else is there? Yeah. I mean, and, and you know, I mean, you helping that young man or you helping someone and you you're really making a difference in mm-hmm. the world. And I think for all three of us this year, when you're when you're lying in a bed, you know, wondering, hey, is this it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. weren't thinking about your boat. Yeah. You weren't thinking about your last trip. Mm-mm. You're probably thinking about, hey, what did I do? What did I, what did I leave behind? I mean, I think Kent Sager said it well in our board meeting today. Right? Oh, I think that was great. great. What was that? His, his whole point was um, his motto or his personal vision or mission statement for himself is, did I make a difference? Did I give back? Hmm. What, what, he, had, he had asked, uh, if I can, he had asked, what do you want people to say yeah. about you when you die? Yeah. And
0: mm-hmm. that's your mission. Because when you die, if they say, he spent a lot of money on things. <laughs> Yeah. Is that what you wanted to say about you? Or do you want to say they made a difference? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, My son uh, gave me, oh man, I think, you know, we talk pretty glowingly about each other to each Mm -hmm. other. But he said to me one time a few years ago, he said, dad, you're just, you're just the most generous guy I know. Mm -hmm. Right. And I thought, man, that's like, that was a really great compliment because to me- That is, you know, in the love languages, of course, gift giving is a love language, but it's also, you know, uh, uh, with money, it's good to train yourself to not miss out on the best part of money, right? Because you got to take part of that money, right? So first 10 is give, second 10 is education, right? Mm -hmm. You got to continue to learn and grow Mm -hmm. and change in areas you want to go. Third 10 is you got to blow it. You got to take 10% you got to go just blow it. You got to go have fun, you know, take a little bit of time and, and go enjoy a little bit of the money too. And then 70% you reinvest. So that's kind of the 10, 10, 10, 70. And so, you know, most people blow 70 and reinvest 10. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, yeah, it's having some discipline to go do that. We forget to do that. You and I talked
0: about that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, we, I actually feel guilty taking a vacation.
1: I feel guilty yeah. at
0: times going like, I'm going to go snowmobile. Well,
1: and for me, I, I'll get it even more simple. I, I'm, I'm a huge goal writer. I mean, I just, I, yeah. I, I love writing goals every year and they've driven me in different ways over my life. I think, mm-hmm. I think when I was a young man and even a teenager writing them down and then I look through college and then you're starting your career. And, and I think they're very important to me. This year after my health scare, I have three goals mm-hmm. and I wrote them down and I look at them all the time on my phone. One of them is to stop each day wherever I am. And just look around me, take a deep breath. That might be in my office mm-hmm. and look around and say, man, I, I really am grateful for the people I work with. Mm. I yeah. might be in McCall like I was this weekend. And like. You've sent me texts. And just stop and, yeah. and just look around and say, man, yeah." Man, look at this state. Just be look, present. Look at this. Be, be present for yeah. just a moment. And yeah. it's, it's just a yeah. moment, but it's yeah. something that I, I'm not good at. Goal number two was to send a text. To someone every day that's unexpected to just say, Hey, I love you. Or I appreciate you. Oh, I love that one. Just because yeah. in a fast paced world, it makes a, difference. a lot of times you just, you go yeah. too fast and at the end of the oh. day is there. And then the last one was to execute at work. And that means, mm. I mean, we're just to a point now we're a year and a half into the new company and everything's laid out in front of us. And so now it's all about executing. It's about, okay, don't waste or squander the opportunities that are ahead of you. Let's execute as a team. But I kept it I love, this year. Yeah. And, I love those three things. I love those three things, And It's been a really, uh, that is it's, good, it's been man. a really, uh, it's been good for me, but I, I hear that a lot from you, mm-hmm. which is just, it, this is good. I was prompted today uh, and I haven't done it yet, but I will now yeah.
2: to send a text to a guy who I know had to take his wife to the ER this weekend, mm-hmm. the ER. And uh, yeah, I need to check in with him and see how his wife's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah.
0: Here's a... My objective and commitment has been is the definition of loyalty for me has been to be there for someone when it's the most needed for them, but the least convenient for myself. Mm. And wow. that's definition of loyalty. And trust me, there are times when it's the least convenient, but the most needed for that other person. And I go,
1: that's- And how it. many times when you do that? I had that happen to me yeah. this morning. It's a super personal <laughs> thing, but I, I've, got, I've got someone that's in jail right now. And I did not have time to go in mm-hmm. this morning. Mm-hmm. It was like 500 reasons why yeah. it just didn't fit to yeah. do a visit this morning. Yeah, And I I literally drugged myself out of here to go do it. And I thought, yeah. oh, how's it going to work? Right. Back in backing time. And man, I walked out and I thought, oh, so glad I did that. Right. Yeah. So, so it's, it's oftentimes when it is hard, when it yeah. is a sacrifice, when it is something you're like, oh. Just know that on the back end, if you could just get through it, yeah. it's the most rewarding, probably part of your day or your week or whatever. Yeah. And, and and it's a nice gauge of, should I be doing this? Yeah. One, one other thing I tell you guys, because uh, I've been thinking a lot about her, but I had, I had an incredible grandma. Like mm-hmm. one of the greatest, she was, she was probably a lot like your dad. She mm-hmm. was a very religious woman and would scold me appropriately lots of times for for forgetting God or forgetting to put yeah. others first. <clears throat> but she had... There was a time when I was serving in my church in a really labor intensive role that was frankly just grueling where yeah. every day you would just, you'd finish your day at work. Then you go, go serve other people for hours and then you would go home. And I was just, I was just frustrated. Right. Mm-hmm. So I was down visiting her one time and I said, Hey, help me get through this. What would you, what advice would you give me? Cause I'm not having any fun. I'm not having any fun. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm shortchanging my family. I feel like I'm shortchanging the people I'm serving because I'm yeah. tired. I'm frustrated. I'm, yeah. and, and I got to work a balance and all this. And she says, you're missing the point. I said, okay, tell me what I should do. And she said, I've been in your situation. And I promise you, if you do just one more thing every day, you'll get yourself out of this funk. And I said, well, what does that mean? And she <laughs> said, when you're going home and when you're, you're most tired and you're most, you're, you're completely exhausted. Do one more thing for someone else. Wow! One more so you're thing. looking for one more, it's just thing. one more thing. And her point was, mo- this is this is the key of this whole thing. I'm not even sure why we're getting into this, but it's pretty cool because we need to. Yeah. Cool story. Yeah. She <clears> said, <throat> she said, if you live your life by lists of things that make sense that you do, you don't allow God to direct you to the things that He would have you do. Mm-hmm. And if you wait till yeah. your list is burned out mm-hmm. and you're tired, and then you pray or say, "Hey, what's my one more thing?" And it might be a text. It might be a call. It might be stopping by someone's house. It might even be just going home and grabbing your wife and saying, hey, I love you. Yeah. But what's that one more thing that you're going to do when you're exhausted? It changed my life because because I found out that it was the just one more thing moment that really brought me back to, okay, it's not about my list. Because you know what? We'll we'll never get to the end of our lists. Yeah. Yeah. But you, got, you got a list yeah. at work. You got yeah. a list. Of, yeah. Here's your list that always is going to be there. And if you always only stick to your list, you really give, whether the higher power is God or whatever you want to call it, letting inspiration drive your decisions. And it really taught me a big, oh, big lesson.
2: Wow. Yeah. Just uh, being open enough to uh, be in that moment to look for the serendipitous moments. Yes. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. I love that. I remember Rochelle and I got started in our real estate investing life, went to a Robert Allen seminar. Do you ever know Robert Mm -hmm. Allen? He was uh oh did you ever know Robert Ellen? Of course. Yeah, I yeah. shared the stage yeah, with him several yeah. times. And he was a, a great guy. Went all. to went to BYU, wrote a went to BYU and yeah. had a master's degree. And, yeah. and he uh wrote a book called Nothing Down in the 80s, and it was about yeah. how to buy real estate with none of your own money kind of thing, right? And uh we paid, I don't know, seven or eight thousand dollars to go to, we were working at Nordstrom yeah. in Seattle and went and paid seven, eight grand to go to a week long class on how to buy real estate creatively, hmm. right? And we go to the thing. And they gave us a task our very first day. And that was to, uh, uh I'm the word serendipity brought him because he used to yeah. talk about allow those moments with people to open up into opportunities and maybe they would be a funder. Maybe they'd be uh, someone who's selling a whole bunch of properties. Maybe mm-hmm. they would be, right. So allow those moments to open up, but he would. I remember the first day of class talking about weaknesses and kind of circling back to where we started this conversation. Okay. Right? Uh, they said, uh, "Go home tonight. Figure. Uh, come back tomorrow with a list of your two biggest weaknesses." As potential real estate investors. We all know what we're good at. What do you think it is you're going to be bad at? What do you think you're going to struggle with? What, what, what is that? Right. And so I'm, I'm lucky personally, cause I'm married. So I didn't yeah. even really have to think about what my weaknesses <laughs> uh, w- w- were. Uh, right. All, all I had to, uh, all I had to do was, uh, Rochelle was, to, in me. fact, I didn't even have to ask. She Resigned already, speech. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I said, let's keep it to two honey. Right. And, uh, but number one was negotiation. She said, I think negotiation is going to be your, your biggest weakness because you're a people pleaser, right? You like yeah. people to to uh, to like you. And so uh, I think you're going to be, it's going to be hard for you to negotiate, right? Oh, that's good, right? So I had to learn to build scripts that would get me through the fear of the rejection, uh-huh. right? And, um, you know, talking about working again, back to the beginning with, with sales teams to uh, close or sales teams to sell, I found that really one of the most effective ways is to understand its basic uh, basic, uh, uh, sales, just don't ask those yes or no questions. Right. And so understanding how to build scripts that you can deliver very, very authentically that don't sound like you're reading scripts, right. That allow us to go through the side door and open up conversations that might not otherwise be open.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For the listeners out there, again, if you guys uh, would just open your ears and open your heart a little bit every day, the nuggets of gold literally were right here from your father to your grandmother, to my sister, to leading with our weakness, mm. but following it up with our authentic truth so that we can inspire, uplift, and serve. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for another exciting episode on inspire excellence. That's Troy McLean, Tommy Alquist. And of course we got Scott Lamb. You can visit Scott Lamb at com. And if you want to stick around for some after hours, great. You've been listening to the inspire excellence podcast. We invite you to find something that inspires you this week. Join us again for our next episode. Awesome job, thanks,
2: bud. Tommy, it. good to see you. you. Yeah, yeah thank you good. so much. Dude, that was legit. That was good. What times our next one? We got much. time together. This
1: was fun. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, that
2: was good. Two minutes ago. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking some right now. I'm doing some events for a really interesting. I can tell you what he's doing if you want. He's kind of a really interesting dude.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, let me yeah. Tommy real quick. When you want to talk about connections, like when we want more pipeline, he travels the world. I've ran into him more in Australia than I have in town. yeah, and he also leads with just that like how do I get how do I invest in you hmm. so that you can create economy So like he, he's phenomenal.
2: <clears throat> well, I was just gonna what were you, did you want me? To, what was I starting to say? do you remember? You're talking about some of the, doing some things. Yes, I'm doing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy, I've known him for about 15 years, and he asked me to come speak at some of his events this year, and I've spoken at th- I spoke at three so far: Dallas, uh, San Francisco, and and Denver. And he's just a really interesting dude. He's an Egyptian guy. Um, he's the largest owner of commercial property in Old San Juan, Puerto Rico right? He owns over 30 of the, if you've you've gone to the cruise port in old San Juan and you walk through all the coach shops (coughs) Mm -hmm. and the sunglass huts and all the commercial buildings where all the tourists go, right? He he owns over a hundred million dollars of commercial real estate, just right in old old San Juan, right? And he owns more buildings than anybody there. Mm -hmm. And, but he also has been in the education business and um there's a whole story why but it's it's kind of interesting so he kind of teaches people how to put together syndications yeah. and you know just basic stuff how to do a reg d 506b or 506c and you know some of that stuff reggae yeah. and, he, and he has all those right and so he found that his students were were coming to his classes loving being educated but having trouble actually going out and raising capital and the the things that they were finding were well, where do I put the money and what's your track record? And right. So he came up with a little way to just make them the co-manager of his fund. Mm. And so they can talk about themselves as being fund managers. Right. But in order to be a co-manager, that's a big risk for him to put you as a co-manager on his right. fund. So he has to train you. So he does a training around fund management. Oh, and then we people pay less than they would pay to even put together their own PPM to be a co-manager of a fund. And people can, you know, they invest in the fund and then the fund does deals.
1: Wow.
2: Yeah. So it's kind of it's kind of it's really creative. I mean, he's just kind of a creative dude. So how
1: many days are you on the road? <clears throat> um,
2: well, I um when I lecture, I lecture typically I leave Thursdays and I come home Sunday nights. <laughs> yeah. And then uh but I am not speaking for another for the next 3 weeks or so.
0: Can we meet? I'm going to lead with weakness. Yeah. So there's a crazy uh, audacious idea out there on creating a fund. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh creating a fund that doesn't have a multiple people in it, but just one or two family fund monies. Yeah, that uh, that I've been working with, so that I'm not too uh, putting anybody on the spot that I've been talking about. And I think that is there a way that we can have that conversation? Yeah, yeah, cool, great, love it. Yeah, Scotty.
2: So yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I'm happy to share what I know and mm-hmm. and give you give you my thoughts. You know that I'm always willing to do that. Yeah. Hey, thank you very much. Yeah, this was really, it fun. really was fun. I had fun and your fun weight loss plan, your weight guys. loss plan was going to yeah, be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>